Shown itself to be a very exciting competition. Over the next few weeks, we're going to feature a variety of uh, co-hosts from across the hockey globe because it is a global competition and one that I think other sports have had a peaky look at as well just to see uh, how it turns out. And uh, so far, the hockey's been fantastic. Look, at just a little bit of background on this program. Um, it was never our intention to do a, a weekly pro league program, but it it soon became apparent once the competition had started that it uh, was it was a beast of its own. Really, it was uh, our intention for the reverse stick was never to um, be about results, so to speak. Even though we do go through some results, um, and it was felt we felt that it was taking up a little bit too much time out of the reverse stick. And so we thought, why don't we just do a pro league program? We can fit all the pro league stuff into one program. We can do the results and previews. And also some of the issues that are bubbling around the Pro League as well. And we will be featuring different co-hosts as the, uh, the program goes on. It's just me on my lonesome tonight, unfortunately, folks. Because uh, it was, did come together rather quickly, this idea of ours. Um, we'll also be hoping to feature audio grabs and some, uh, some clips and even goals. I'm still waiting back to hear officially what we have to do to go through those hoops, but hopefully it won't be too far away. I did have a couple of audio grabs that were taken off uh, Facebook, etc., uh, social medias. However, I've decided not to go with them in this first episode, mainly because there's so much background noise you can't really hear what people are saying. So it'll just be my voice this evening. We'll try and um, keep the show short, sharp and sweet. And we're also hoping to uh, develop a format that will be uh, um, acceptable to... Commercial broadcasters, we can start uh, spreading the word outside of our hockey family to those that perhaps aren't really aware of what's going on or don't get the exposure to hockey that uh, we'd like them to. So uh, you'll notice over the next couple of weeks, um, you know, slight changes to the program each week as we try and come to a format that'll uh, fit in and get our hockey in and also allow us to spread the word wider. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, we're happy to hear all of those. You can get in touch with us uh, via email, either john or matt at thereversestick.net. We're also on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, at Facebook, um, The Reverse Stick. Type it into the search bit, you'll find us. Send us your questions there or if you've got some suggestions. We're always happy to hear them and try and get this product out there to the wider sporting public, not just uh, preach to the hockey congregation because we've already turned you... It's time we got some others into the sport. So let's get into the results, shall we? And we started the Pro League weekend on the 8th of February. That was the Friday. And we're in New Zealand at the Nagapuai Hockey Stadium in Christchurch. It was Great Britain taking on New Zealand in both the men's and the women's. And uh, the early game, 
was the men. Starting at 5pm local time there in New Zealand. And it was probably not the result the New Zealand men were looking for. Uh, the final score there at full time, 6-2. Great Britain had raced out to a, a 3-0 lead at half time there. Uh, courtesy of goals to number 13, Sam Ward. Number 15, Phil Roper. And number 16, and that's Adam Dixon. Uh, all penalty corner goals though. So 3-0 at, at half time. All of the goals uh, scored in the second quarter. Uh, then we got to... Um, Half time and England backed up with two more goals. Number 13, Sam Ward again picking up a goal in the 33rd minute and then number 15, Phil Roper again, two doubles already. They were 5-2 uh, up at uh, three quarter time. New Zealand pegged two goals back late in that quarter, the 43rd and 44th minute. Number 17 got him on the uh, scorecard, Nick Woods with a goal and that was followed up by number 29, Hugo Inglis who both featured in the goal scoring uh, uh, lists in earlier games, uh, penalty corner there to Nick Woods and Hugo Inglis following up with a field goal. But uh, Great Britain put the icing on the cake in the last quarter, just the one goal. Number 13, Sam Ward, hat-trick time for Sam. Uh, a great display from him. He picked up another field goal there. Uh, so a very concept comprehensive victory you would say to Great Britain if we look through some of the statistics for that game uh, Great Britain had seven circle uh, penalty corners to none all of the penalty corners coming in the third quarter it must be said to Great Britain and New Zealand both of them uh, having all of their penalty corners in that quarter uh, circle entries 9 to 13 in favour of Great Britain uh, shots 12 to 4 uh, all of New Zealand's shots came in the third quarter and 11 of the 12 from Great Britain came in the third quarter as well. Just the one shot in the first quarter. I don't know how that works out because they had three goals in the first quarter but only one shot apparently and one shot on target. Not sure how some of these stats work sometime, but you just got to take them at face value. They're the official stats from the uh, Match Centre, FIH Match Centre. Possession-wise, New Zealand... Allegedly, uh, 63% of the possession, including 100% in the second quarter. 37% to Great Britain. Make of those what you will. But a very good victory to Great Britain. And they'll be, as we'll talk about soon here in Perth this weekend, I'm sure they'd be very happy with their start to the season. We'll talk about that when we get to some of the tables later on. Uh, the next game at 7pm was the ladies, the uh, Great Britain taking on New Zealand. And a complete turnaround from the first result. And one probably uh, coach Mark Hagar, new coach for Great Britain, uh, probably was didn't see coming. Mind you, he couldn't probably see a lot of things coming because he hasn't had much time with the group. And it'll be interesting to see how they develop with Mark over the next few weeks. But a great performance from New Zealand. They opened the scoring in the fifth minute through number four, Olivia Merry. Uh, Great Britain struck back to leave the scores tied at one all at quarter time in the 11th minute. Number 18, Giselle Ansley with a penalty stroke there. And then into the second and third quarters, New Zealand managed to score a goal in each of those quarters, leaving them 3-1 up at three-quarter time. Uh, number 12 for New Zealand got things rolling in the 19th minute in Ella Gunson. And then in uh, the 35th minute, just after half-time, number four, Olivia Merry again stepped up and scored another goal. 3-1 uh, at at uh, three-quarter time, you're thinking there's still room for Great Britain to get back in this game, maybe uh, even snatch a win, certainly a draw. 
was it to be? New Zealand in the 51st and 59th minute uh, completed a 5-1 victory there. Olivia Merry completed her hat-trick in the 51st minute, a penalty corner goal. And number six, uh, Amy Robinson on the score sheet in the 59th minute, just tying the game up nicely with that fifth goal. Um, it, it must be said, Great Britain... Uh, bit of a trip out here. They'd had one go, a couple of games, uh, probably uh, maybe a little bit jet lagged. Uh, New Zealand, it was their third game. They've had a couple of warm up games, so it's perhaps no surprise they were on and ready to go for this particular match. What I did find striking is some of these stats: circle entries, 16 all shots on uh, shots, 10 shots each, 10 shots on target each. Um, New Zealand had five penalty corners to Great Britain's three. Uh, you'd think on the strength of uh, circle entries and shots, etc., that perhaps Great Britain were very much in this game and just couldn't get the ball in the back of the net. I think it, New Zealand probably very deserved winners, perhaps uh, not deserved 5-1 winners, but that's what the score says and that's what you've got to take. Unfortunately for the Great Britain, but they'll have a chance to redeem themselves this weekend right here in Perth, and we'll be going along to those games, so really looking forward to those. After Friday, we headed across the ditch, as they call it, uh, back to Australia and down to Hobart for a very interesting round of results as far as the Australians were concerned. Unfortunately, as we know, the Pakistan men have pulled out of that competition, which was terrible news for the Tasmanians. They lined up with a great double-header weekend, it could be said, down there in Hobart. And unfortunately, the Pakistani men didn't turn up, so that left just the one game on the Saturday, played at 5 p.m. The Australian men, a little bit earlier in the day, did have a exhibition game amongst themselves, uh, two 15-minute quarters, and signed lots of autographs and stuff. So there was still a presence there, but I'm sure... It it's not the same for the locals when the other team just doesn't turn up, unfortunately. But uh, Australia and China did do battle on the women's side of things, and it was quite an intriguing game. Australia opened the scoring in the 13th minute. Number 24, Mariah Williams, got on the scoreboard. She was very happy to score that goal. So 1-0 at quarter time. At half time, though, the scores were locked at 2-all. China came out after the quarter time break. It was a bit of a stalemate for the first 10 minutes or so that quarter. Then in the 25th minute, China broke through after some consistent pressure, it must be said. Uh, Jaiki Zhang. Managed to score the goal. That was, as I said, in the 21st minute from a, a field goal. Then Australia struck back to take the lead 2-1. Uh, that was number two, Am- Ambrosia Malone. Uh, Amber Bro- Malone, it's well done to her. She's uh, making quite a name for herself on the goal-scoring side of things since the World Cup. She's uh, hitting the backboards fairly regularly, it must be said. And then the Chinese, in the uh, 29th minute, got the equaliser through number 30, uh, Wen Dan. Uh, very good field goal, that one too. Uh, Chinese, they're, they're a very dangerous side. Just when you think they're not likely to score, they pop up and they score. That left us with a two-all scoreline at halftime. And then again, it's three-quarter time, a goalless third period. Where China, it must be said, had their opportunities to score goals. They could very well have taken a lead into that third, um, that final quarter. But it was Australia who rounded out the game best. Uh, they managed to score just after three-quarter time. Uh, number 30 for Australia, Grace Stewart, got on the scoreboard through a field goal. She was followed up in the 50th minute, two minutes later, by number 32, Savannah Fitzpatrick. She picked up a field goal. China got a consolation goal of sorts in the 56th minute through number 17, 
and that is uh, Jing Yong wasn't to be they did pressure the goals for the last minute or so both Australian goalkeepers were outstanding across the weekend it must be said Australia were running out 4-3 winners there at the end uh, stats uh, 7 penalty corners to Australia 8 to the Chinese Circle entries, these are quite big numbers, 35 to Australia and 46 to China. Shots 19 to 15 in favour of Australia. Shots on target, guess what, 19 to 15. And possession, 46% to 54% China. It's uh, not a great disparity there, you wouldn't think, but uh, the number of circle entries that are listed there and shots on goal was obviously a game that appeared quite open and perhaps... um, both coaches will be looking at their defences and saying, girls, you, you can't let them shoot that often. Um, certainly you got the, the the idea through that game that the Chinese ran out of legs as such. I think that's been something we noticed in major tournaments with the Chinese. They're, they're very capable of playing the intensity and the style that's needed to compete with the top nations, but just can't seem to do it across the entirety of the 60-minute game. I'm sure that through the Pro League, they're going to improve that, and they are going to be very difficult to beat at home. Now, let's move on to Sunday's games. It was the doubleheader everybody was looking for, uh, and it was Australia taking on Germany. And first up, the early match was uh, the men's game at 3pm local time at the Tasmania Hockey Centre. Uh, a nice little crowd out there enjoying the sun in Hobart. They've uh, had quite a lot of bushfires in Tasmania in recent times, so it was good to see them all out enjoying themselves at the hockey and an intriguing game, it must be said, this one. Scores locked at quarter time uh, at one all. Germany opened the scoring in the fifth minute through number 23, uh, Florian Fuchs. Jeez, Florian, he just pops up, doesn't he? He'd be surprised that Florian would be the first goal scorer for a German team. Uh, and Australia, they came back into the game in the 12th minute through number 9 and uh, Jacob Anderson picking up a goal there, a field goal, nicely worked field goal. Uh, very tight tussle into the second quarter. Once again, scores locked at half-time, each side managing to pick up a goal. Australia in the 21st minute through number 9, once again, Jacob Anderson is on a double, had a very good game, man of the match in the end. And uh, Germany... Leveled the score in the 22nd minute through number four, uh, Lucas Wimfelder. And, uh, well, it's a very tight tussle. I don't think at half-time at, at two all you could pick a winner of this game. Both teams had their moments. And something that I think that we've seen quite across all of the Pro League games is uh, teams quite haven't got their defences together yet. They're still experimenting very much. And it seems to be games very much about attack, which has certainly been reflected in the men's games as far as goal scoring is concerned uh, we get into after half time though and the game really did start heating up Australia managed to put a goal away in uh, the third period, uh, number 5 for Australia, that's Tom Wickham in the 36 minutes through a field goal, 3-2 the score Germany never out of it at any stage, kept attacking kept attacking, some great defending and goalkeeping from the Australians and they managed to extend their lead in the final quarter in the 48th minute number 26 still in Wotherspoon on the scoreboard through a penalty corner goal there and it was just a bridge too far for the Germans uh, Australia held on for a 4-2 victory in that game uh, German it was their first hit out Australia have had um, a couple of games they had the double hitter last weekend and they'd had their little training run the day before but they'd had some uh, hockey under their legs 
prior to this game. I think the Germans will be much better outfit for, for the run, so to speak. And, um, it's, it's very hard to tell much about the teams at this stage because so few games have been played over, over the last month or so. I think it'll be a little while before we start getting a real handle on, on these teams. And, yeah, as the season progresses, we'll see personnel changing as well, and that will be one of the interesting factors in the competition, watching what goes on there with team selection. Some of the stats, uh, penalty corners 3-2 to two in favour of Australia. Circle entries 23-25, to 25, so the Germans had plenty of chances. Perhaps didn't make the most of them. The shots on, on goal were Australia 14 to Germany 7. Possession. I'm not sure what to make of this. 44 to 56. I think that, in fairness, the Germans did have more possession. They just didn't manage to get the results out of it that the Australians got from theirs. Uh, but by no means will Germany be a team that you can just sort of think you're going to get a win over. Now, I, I'm expecting Germany to finish in the top four and get that Olympic qualification berth. Uh, funny things happen in league sport and it'll be fun watching it as it goes along. Now let's get into the uh, the women's game, which was an intriguing game. And it was played at 5pm the later time at the Tasmanian Hockey Centre. And well, 1-0 at, at quarter time, Australia took the lead through a 9 minute goal to uh, Sophie Taylor. That was a, a penalty corner goal there. Germany struck back in the second quarter at uh, the 22nd minute through a penalty corner, this time scored by number 30, Hannah Granitsky. Fairly tight game then uh, at half-time. One all. No team looked... uh, Well, actually, I think the Germans did look a little bit better than the Australians, it must be said. Uh, The Australian goalkeeping was absolutely outstanding. Um, Ashley Wells is in the team as... the understudy, I suppose you could say, for Rachel Lynch. She was fantastic. Rachel Lynch, she always gives it all, and she showed her class during the shootout. We'll get to that in a second. So at halftime, we've got a one-all scoreline. We go into the third period, and Australia managed to sneak ahead again. Uh, just after halftime, in the 32nd minute, it was Grace Stewart who found herself on the scoreboard with a field goal. And then uh, at Three-quarter time, a 2-1 scoreboard. Game could have gone anywhere from this period point. It was Germany who scored first after three-quarter time. And the number, thir- number 30 is very popular for scoring goals. Uh, Hannah Granitsky, she managed to double with another penalty corner goal in the 47th minute. But from there, it was goalless until full time, which led to a 2 all scoreline and uh, a shootout. We'll get to the shootouts after the break too. I want to have a, a little say about the shootout. But an intriguing shootout that Australia uh, won 3-1. They scored from all three of their taken uh, shoots. Uh, Germany had four cracks at the cherry but could only score once through uh, Nikki Lorenz. She was their first striker who had a shot. One of the interesting things that came out of this was the shot clock. Um, Rachel Lynch appealed against a goal that had been scored against her because it was taken outside of the time allowed. However, it turned out that there didn't appear to be a shot clock. Now, I'm still trying to get to the bottom of this and exactly what happened and why it happened. I'm led to believe the shot clock just didn't exist. So we'll have to see what goes on there. Uh, but very, uh, very well thought out by Rachel Lynch, though. She's obviously counting. Tip to all young goalkeepers. Count during the shootout. Make sure you're aware of how long the striker's got because not letting them have a shot is just as good as saving the shot. So, and Rachel Lynch obviously tries, 
it seems that her a part of the way she attacks it is by to to make the attack a panic by taking their time away and not allowing them to get the shot off and she did it this time she was counting she referred it and she had that goal overturned so well done to Rachel and so it was a smart piece of play and I'm sure that um, she would have won Matt Allen's player of the shootout for that particular game Australia ended up winning the shootout 3-1 and rounding out a good start it must be said to the Pro League they had their loss to uh, the Belgians but um, they'd be fairly happy with the results so far and uh, you know it's very important for the Australian teams to finish in those qualification spots for or up because uh, a lot of funding depends on that so I'm sure it does for a lot of teams and um, there'll be a lot of competition for that that fourth spot I think the first one or two teams will probably make themselves obvious but uh, from three to six is probably going to be anybody's guess and those bonus points scored through the shootout are going to be very important we'll talk more about them and the goal scorers and also the tables after the break <laughs> You're listening to Totally Pro League, all Pro League, nothing else but Pro League. And let's uh, take a look now at some of these ladders and goal scorers, shall we? And uh, first up, the goal scorers for the men. Gee, uh, a lot of goals have gone in. We're averaging about 7.2 goals per game across the nine games played so far. 49 field goals, 15 penalty corners. Only one penalty stroke, a total of 65 goals. Uh, and Hugo Inglis from New Zealand, number 29, is leading that with four goals, three uh, field goals and a penalty stroke. Uh, Adam Dixon from Great Britain will be in action this weekend, is on three. Phil Roper from Great Britain, he's picked up three. And Sam Ward from Great Britain, he's on three as well. Uh, Roper and Sam Ward have both scored two field goals and a penalty corner and um, Adam Dixon picking up two penalty corners and the field goal and Jacob Anderson next from Australia of course we've got to talk to the tables because not everybody's played an equal number of games which means not everybody's had an equal number of opportunities to score goals on the women's side of things only 29 goals have been scored 19 field goals 9 penalty corners and a penalty stroke that's still 3 goals just over 3 goals a game so it's not as if they've been nil all and 1-0 um, slug outs so to speak um, Olivia Merry from New Zealand has 3 goals 2 field goals and a penalty corner thanks to her hat trick on uh, Friday and then Hannah Granitsky uh, comes in on two goals in second place from Germany and Grace Stewart's there as well with her two field goals uh, everybody else after that has scored one goal each so let's have a look at the tables now as well and as I mentioned there's uh, hard, not much to read into them to be honest at this stage uh, and it'll probably be a while before we get to the point where we can start actually seeing trends necessarily within the, the way these uh, tables are working but uh, first up, Great Britain on the men's side of things is ranked number one. They've had two wins from the two games they've played at 100%. Uh, Netherlands have played two. They've won one and had one shootout win, which puts them at 83.3%. Uh, Belgium have played four games with two wins, a shootout win and a shootout loss, which puts them at 75%. Australia in fourth place on 44% with a one win and a shootout loss to their name uh, from their three games, as well as the normal loss. 
Spain, two wins for a shootout win and a loss there on 33%. New Zealand have had three games, unfortunately no wins at all. They've had a shootout loss and a straight up lot, two shoot straight up losses on 11.1%. Argentina, just the one game, uh, which they lost there on 0%. Germany in the same boat there on one game with no wins, no shootout wins, so they're on zero. Onto the uh, women's side of things, Argentina had the table there with 83.3%. They played two for a win and a shootout win. Australia are in second place. They've played four games, though. They've had two wins, a shootout win and one loss. They're on 66.7%. Alongside Belgium, who've only played three games with two wins and a loss, but are on 66.7%. Uh, the Netherlands, two Two games played, one win and one loss on 50%. Uh, New Zealand, three games, one win. A very good win, it must be said. Two losses, and they're on 33%, alongside the United States with one win and a, a one game played. And uh, a, a shootout loss. I'm not sure how you get 33% from a shootout loss, but oh, you get one point because you had a draw. That's right. Germany. Uh, they had a draw, so they're on 33% from their one game. China, just the one game on 0% and a loss. And Great Britain, have played, women have just played the one game and had a loss there to New Zealand. But they'll be in action here this weekend in Perth. It'll be interesting to see how they go. Second time up with their new coach, Mark Hagar, who's had a little bit of time to at least get into their ears over the last few days. As I said, it's very hard to read much into these tables at the moment because of the nature of the competition and the fixturing and uh, unequal number of games played. And I think it'll probably be well into April before things settle down. I think it'll probably be well into April before we start seeing the effects of a, of a league-type competition on the teams once the, the little bit of the grind starts to get in. It's not just a two-week wham-bam, thank-you-ma'am, in-and-out tournament. You're not having a game and then going away for a couple of weeks on holiday before you get back into the uh, the, the program with your teammates. It's a, a lot different beast, the program. It'll be interesting to say, see the way different teams approach it. It's a completely new thing for us, so it's going to be interesting what avenues people take with things like team selections, um, you know, how will injuries affect the competition so I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how those sorts of things play out across the coming months. One thing I did want to bring up is the uh, the idea of the shootout. Now, I've got a, a little bit of a quote here from the Drag Flick News Desk, and I, I don't want to pick on you people at the Drag Flick. It's more like this was just the example I came across. It, And there's been other examples of this across uh, a lot of the media too. It's... I don't think people quite understand the whole shootout concept. The shootout is, for a bonus point, you don't win anything with a shootout. You get a bonus point. And um, in the, the story from the um, Drag Flick News Desk on the Australia versus Germany game, um, it was, yeah, I'll quote here, it was heartbreak for the Germans' w- women's hockey team as they went down to Australia 3-1 in a penalty shootout in their debut match of the FIH Pro League Series in Hobart. Now... From the sound of that, and once again, I'm not having a crack at you guys. This is all across. I think lots of people misunderstand. I think we've probably got to try and get our language of how we describe these things a bit more um, formalised. Um, but the penalty shootout is is not something you lose. No one loses from the penalty shootout. In fact, all you do is gain something. You get a point for the draw, and if you happen to win the shootout, you get a point. You don't actually lose anything. You're not losing the game. Um, but it's still soon people have got their their mind focused on when the game goes to the shootout that you're losing something. Whereas the game is actually 
a draw. No one's lost for the game. Um, if if I had my way, if you want to have a shot, I would either have no shootouts in any games or have a shootout after every game and give every team the opportunity to score a bonus point. If you've lost 5-0, why wouldn't you want the shot of trying to pick up a bonus point in a shootout? Because as the Germans themselves admitted, that you know, a shootout can go either way. Um, Charlotte Stappenhurst was quoted after the game as saying the Australians are pretty nickel, but anyone can lose in a penalty shootout, and that's very true. Um, Xavier Reckingel was quoted as saying, overall, I'm disappointed with the result because we could have taken two more points here. He's not disappointed about the penalty shootout at all. He's disappointed about the first 60 minutes of hockey that went on. And I think um, we've got to sort of turn our attention more back to that 60 minutes. Yep. The, um, the, the penalties after the game is all very well and good and you know it'll probably add a little bit of spice as far as the bonus points because I'm sure the bonus points is going to be the difference between 4th and 7th um, but I just think we've got to concentrate more on the 60 minutes that happened before that than uh, on the 5 minutes that happened after the final whistle's gone love to hear your thoughts and your ideas you can get in touch with us um, John or Matt net or get onto the socials, the Reverse Stick on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Ask your questions. Have your say if you, you have an idea about the way you'd like to see things, especially with fixturing. Uh, this is the ver- first season of Pro League. It's very new, not only to us as spectators, uh, also very new to all the media partners and very new to the FIH. I'm sure there's going to be some issues with the fixturing. It would be an absolute nightmare to finish, fixture this competition. So there's going to be some things that we as viewers question. We ask why is this, that. We can have all the suggestions in the world too. We might come up with some of the best suggestions. If we, if we make them, you never know. The FIH might pick up on them. It might be something that slipped their mind or a factor that they haven't considered and you know all of these things in a new competition like this are just got to be thrown up in the air and everybody have a crack at it and see where we fall with it um, and there's bound to be issues in the first season of any new competition that no one's ever thought about no one's thunk about no one's considered so um, even though it's, it's worthwhile criticizing things that you don't think are right we should temper our criticism a little bit and um, get this competition up and running Let's take a break. You are listening to Totally Pro League. My name's John Lee. I'm your host this week, at least. I'll have some more hosts in the weeks to come. Uh, let's get on to the games that are coming up uh, this weekend, though. And we kick things off at Estadio Patero in Valencia as Spain take on the Netherlands for the men. That's on Friday at 11am local time. Be aware of that game. Uh, so one to kick the weekend off early for some of us. Uh, later on in the day, though, we're off to New Zealand at the Ngapunawai Hockey Stadium in Christchurch. Uh, the Germans have flown over from Tasmania. Both the men and women will be playing against New Zealand there. Uh, the early game at 5pm New Zealand local time is the women's game, and the men will be kicking off at 7pm New Zealand time. So get your watches out and work that one out, folks. Then on to the, the games here in, in Perth on the Saturday. That's the 16th of February. Really looking forward to getting down and watching these games. Australia taking on Great Britain. Uh, the early game will be at 3.30. That is a very traditional time for a hockey game to go on here in Perth at 3.30. Uh, that's the men's side of things. And then the women will be getting underway at quarter past five local time at the Perth Hockey Stadium. 
Uh, Matt and I, as I said, will be down there. Really looking forward to catching up with the teams and watching some top-class hockey, and we'll feature some of that action on the reverse stick next week, as we will here on Totally Pro League. And then on Sunday the 17th, we're off to New Zealand. Just the one game going on there on Sunday. Unfortunately, the New Zealand men were drawn to pay Pakistan. We know what's happened there. So from uh, 5.30pm local New Zealand time in the Nagapunawai Hockey Stadium, New Zealand will be taking on China, the Chinese second game of the tournament there. And uh, that'll take us through the weekend's hockey. So you're in Spain on Friday morning, you're in New Zealand Friday afternoon, you're back here in Perth on Saturday and back to New Zealand on Sunday. What a fantastic global global competition that that is. And, of course, um, if you've got an opinion about these fixtures, because I know some of you are on the other side of the world are a, a bit unhappy about uh, the time some of these games are going on, let us know what you think and um, when all the games are going on in Europe. Don't worry, we'll be letting you know what we think. <laughs> there the game's coming up. It looks like being uh, a really ripping weekend of hockey ahead for those teams. Really looking forward to see Great Britain now. They've had a uh, a few days at least to get uh, the coaching of Mark Hagar into them. Let's see if there's much of a change, if any at all. And uh, let's see if the Great Britain men can keep their season rolling along. And it started very well. And uh, they'll be looking forward to make up for uh, some of the players, at least, uh, for recent results against Australia that haven't gone your their way. Your way. I'm talking to our English supporters here. <laughs> Certainly been going our way from the Australian perspective. Well, that's about it for our first episode of Totally Pro League. Look, uh, in a few weeks, look for changes, look for some guest co-hosts, some audio clips and plenty more coming up as we uh, take in this wonderful new world of hockey, the FIH Pro League, and hopefully we will get some of those clips up and those co-hosts starting next week. From me, John Lee, enjoy the weekend's hockey ahead. Really looking forward to uh, bringing this to you every week as well, and uh, take care. Until next time, see ya.